0: Welcome to the Bee Podcast. The mission of the Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age. To have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey. To listen to stories similar and different than our own. Engage in each other's triumphs and failures. Hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled. The loss we have endured. The joy we have encountered. And the reason behind the lessons we have learned. These symbolize community, personal growth, and power. And that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is the Bee Podcast. so much for tuning into this week's episode of the bee podcast on this special Halloween edition of the bee you'll get to hear three different accounts of three different women myself included of spooky strange supernatural events that seem kind of inexplainable there seems to be an obsession at least I have around this time of year with things that go bump in the night and they seem to always be more than just a bump in the night right the idea that the world that we live in can exists exist with a supernatural world is fascinating to me in this episode we'll hear different accounts from three different women who have experienced bizarre happenings that seem to be otherworldly please join me in a fun edition of hearing different women's supernatural experiences emily bittner thank you so much for being here from what i hear you have An interesting experience that is somewhat supernatural. Could you, first of all, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you are, all the things? Of course. I am so
1: glad to be sharing my story with you today. Yeah, I am 24. I live in Waterloo, Iowa, and I'm a manager at Old Navy, Old and doing all the things. I'm just living here with my pup
0: during this pandemic and we're, we're thriving. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. <laughs> awesome. And Emily, can you tell me a little about what age you were when this experience happened? Yeah. So I was
1: probably in my first couple of years in high school. So I was probably 14, 15. So right in those years where you're kind of out of the awkward stage, but definitely still skeptic about life in general. So it it definitely kind of shook me. Okay. So let's get into it. Were you at home? Let's hear it. Yes. Okay. So I was at home one night and it was a rare occasion where my dad was home and not my mom. It was just me and my dad. At that point, my brother and sister had moved on to college. And so it was my, me my dad and my dog. And I was just upstairs hanging out watching tv like you know a high schooler does after a long day of class whatever and my dad's like hey I'm gonna go downstairs and play with the dog and play in our pinball machine so we have this retro pinball machine that our dog goes nuts over and he puts this card table up next to it so he can like jump on it and all this stuff so he's right there in the action oh cute yeah it's yeah it's it's super like it's the collie right or not the collie the sheltie yeah sheltie yeah Easter. Yes, so a little baby collie. yeah and he's the cutest his name's aj mm-hmm. and yeah it's kind of like a quirky thing that he loves is the pinball machine so they were down there and i could hear them like the vintage thing like banging around and all the noises and whatever and then probably like 15-ish minutes later my dad comes up the stairs and kind of gives me a weird look and i was like what what's what's happening like i'm just sitting here like, why are you looking at me this way? And he's like, were you just downstairs? And I was like, no, I haven't moved. I I've been sitting here the whole time. And he looks at me like, with that, those parent eyes, he's like, you were just downstairs, right? And I was like, no, I, I really wasn't downstairs. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what's going on? And I think he could kind of tell that I was telling the truth, because parents can always tell a new lie. Facts. Yeah. I mean, facts.
0: Big facts. Yeah, facts.
1: Straight facts. So... He then was like really hesitant, but he said, well, obviously playing gym ball with AJ and I felt something hit my shoulder and I didn't turn around right away because I was like in the middle of the game and didn't want to lose, but then I lost and then I turned around and there was nobody there. Then I came up here because I figured you like came down and were like playing a trick on me, whatever. No, I, I didn't do that. I was like, what hit you? Like, was it hard? Like, was it, did it feel like someone like physically hit you? Or something thrown at you? He's like, it was one. So Remember Angry Birds?
0: Yes. Who could forget?
1: Right. Truly. So they made these like stuffed animal versions of the birds. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we have them as toys for AJ. Mm-hmm. And that's what hit him in the shoulder. So, like, he. But AJ was on the table. Yeah. AJ was like fully engaged in the game. Like, pinball is AJ's favorite thing. And he was like, so like, AJ's barking and playing all this stuff. And then my dad feels this thing, and AJ's still playing, and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to keep going on the game. And then turns around after it's done, and it was like, there's no one here. And that's when he came up and asked me, and I was like, 100% was not me. And it wasn't even like a, I was trying to trick him. Like, I straight up did not go downstairs.
0: So you are upstairs, just like hanging out, and then your dad comes up, and he's very skeptical yeah. of teenage shenanigans. Right. He should be. <laughs> Absolutely. But, man... So then, did did you experience anything that evening? Honestly,
1: I don't remember anything, but just like this weird feeling that something was off. Because you know, normally in those situations, like my dad and I prank each other all the time. Even now, like ten years after this, like we still prank each other back and forth all the time, even living two hours away. But for some reason, that night we both knew that we were telling the truth to each other, and that like we weren't messing with each other. Like I was trying to trick him into thinking I hadn't gone down there and he wasn't trying to trick me into, like, thinking that something creepy had happened when it hadn't, that kind of thing.
0: Well, and I'm thinking about the way that your basement looks, Mm -hmm. and I had been in your basement multiple times as a high school student, Yeah. and I'm thinking about, so, okay, so when you enter the basement, there was, like, a living space, Mm -hmm. and then you go further to the left, and there is a bigger living space with the pool table. Yeah. And, and But then there's like a sl- – then you continue left, and then there's this space that is kind of like an office space. Mm-hmm. So where was the pinball machine? It was obviously against a wall. Right. So it was in the same
1: room as the pool table. So it's a ways down. Yeah. And I can't imagine that, like, he felt that and was able to, like, completely focus on the game, you know? He was probably, like, kind of – Clearly he was kind of spooked. So I can't imagine the game lasted much longer after that. And it would have taken a lot for me to like yeah. run. Because he would have been able to see you coming down, right? Yeah, no, he was actually facing the other way. Okay. So he was facing the way of his back would have been towards you the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So But then he felt it obviously, but then he was able to see what it was that hit him, right? Yeah. So like he, when he turned
1: around, he like saw the stuffed animal on the floor and was like okay so clearly this is what hit me so it had to have been thrown like it couldn't have dropped from the ceiling or you know
0: is your family did your family build that house we did okay that's what I thought do you know anything about that area yeah so
1: apparently before we bought the land there was a lady she's actually my old art teacher oh yeah and she owned the land and had like stables there for horses and then it was either like before that or after. it might have been like the in-between period between her and my parents there was like okay. somebody used it as a golfing range so nothing like particularly spooky that i know about it just seemed weird and like of course as a kid you know you tell your friends oh my my basement's haunted like there's a this ghost mermaid that lives down here and she'll She'll push you down if you go in the closet when yeah. it's dark, you know?
0: But we believe that, no. But I'm also thinking about the location of your house. So, Emily, you grew up in Ottumwa, Iowa, which is a super small town. I mean, comparatively. However, not Far up the road from you was St Jude's mm-hmm. Hospital. It was a a mental hospital uh, that was recently torn down. So do you think that it had anything to do with like maybe Super Mm-hmm. residual from that because at that time St. Jude's hadn't been torn down but it
1: was still closed but it was still yeah. closed
0: yeah and it had been closed for quite some time yeah and I've heard I haven't actually visited although I will say that my husband's gonna kill me in law enforcement but like I remember as a high schooler I think it probably was your sister and I and a bunch of other people had thought about going into like, breaking into St. Jude's one night to see, <laughs> because we had been told that there was a lot of, you know, like, local legends. You hear these things that... Yeah, sure. That are really just super spooky. Like, I remember hearing that that the hospital hallways look the exact same. It's almost like um, an apocalypse happened, and, like, everything was, like, the exact same as it was when people were working there and um, being treated. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's terrifying. And fun fact, can I tell you? Yeah, please. I've actually, like I'm sitting here in my house and I'm interviewing you via Zoom, but I am looking at, we just bought this house uh, a year ago this month and Mm -hmm. there's a bar down here and I have about eight bar stools that were uh, taken from St. Jude's Hospital. (gasps) Shut up. No. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I should get rid of them. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Bar stools from the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. When we bought this house, I was like, well, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> my husband, like the, the, the metal work of them. I'm going to show you them. You guys, I'm sorry. If you're listening, you can't see this, but like, can you see those stools? Okay. They're bar stools. <gasps> super cool, but like super creepy. Yeah. So my husband put tractor seats on top of them, like the metal, the old antique tractor seats, Yeah, but they used to be like a burnt orange plastic sort of, oh, vinyl yeah. seat that's cushioned, okay? Mm-hmm. But I was like, we need to get rid of those because they kind of creep me out. But isn't that incredible? And had you had any supernatural experiences before this? Like, was this your first real experience? Yeah, honestly, I think it was. And of course, you, like, especially when you're home
1: alone at night, sometimes you'll hear, like, a bump or a creak, wherever, especially, like, in the house that I lived in. Like, there were plenty of things to settle, especially since it was newer. But Yeah. After that night, especially like knowing that my dad and I were on the same page that we like weren't actually pranking each other and Mm -hmm. that something might actually be happening. And to this day, like we've talked about it and we still don't know what happened that night. And it's always rolling in the back of my head when I go home. It's just always there that like there could be a ghost living there and the people that live there next are going to have to deal with it. So.
0: That's crazy. I definitely think that there is something, especially if you I believe know. in, you know, spiritual beings, I think you're kind of open to, you know, experiencing those things. So really crazy and fascinating because I feel like these experiences are more common than they're not. And it's always interesting to kind of talk about them during sure. All Hallows Eve. So is there anything else that you want to share about that night? Um, you know, honestly, the only thing I could think is,
1: is maybe... Maybe AJ summoned some, some ghost and brought them in and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe that honestly, something I hadn't thought of until now, maybe the pinball machine itself is haunted.
0: That could be.
1: What kind of a game was it? It's like this old, like super old vintage pinball machine. It's okay. like, it's like a taxi game, but it's like definitely like super old, like super
0: old. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. I am not privy to yeah, I don't know. vintage games, but I'm going to look that up.
1: And actually something I just remembered, like genuinely, I'm not even trying to make this up. It's one of those games where you, to turn it on since it's not in the arcade, you have to plug it in and out. There's no switch or anything that like really works. And I remember one time, I don't know if it, if it was before or after this, it, mm-hmm. it probably after, that it like turned on by itself one day.
0: Without being plugged in. Yeah, for sure. Of course it did. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder what the story, okay, so your parents are planning on moving yeah. soon. Are they taking it with them? They are. Okay, so stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Next Halloween, yes. we will have another episode. Yeah, we'll see if it causes any trouble in the new house. That's nuts. Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I had goosebumps while you are telling us the story, but yeah, I think they, these experiences are more common than they're not, but people are kind of scared to think that it might be real because what if it is, you know? Yeah, you never know.
1: And like... You never know. Like, never say never because... You don't actually know until you
0: know. You don't actually know until you know. That's true, which is terrifying. (laughs) I laugh because I'm scared and uncomfortable. Well, thank you so much for sharing this interesting piece of your life that was in high school. It's so, so crazy. But thank you so much for sharing. I so appreciate all of this. So thank you so much for being here. Of course. All right. On to our next story. Mandy, thank you so much for being here. I am so super excited to hear your story, but first can you tell us who you are?
2: Yeah, I'm Mandy Givock from Ottumwa, Iowa, but originally from Maquoketa, Iowa, and I teach seventh grade art here in Ottumwa, and I have three kids, and I'm married, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just lived in the dream.
0: And Mandy and I were just having a wonderful conversation about our children and how they are so stinking smart and so stinking ornery all the time. <laughs> yeah, Super fun. Super fun times, especially during a pandemic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So Mandy, you've had some unique experiences as an adult. Could you share a bit about some of your supernatural experiences?
2: Yeah. What, which one would you want? Do you want me to talk about both of them or?
0: Let's do it all. Hit them, hit them both. Okay.
2: Actually, I was thinking the other day, too. I have a third one, too. And that one was in college as well. Let's hear it. Yeah. It was when my grandmother had passed away. And that was in, I think it was 2005. And I was a freshman in college, sophomore in college. So she had passed away. And when she passed away, she passed away watching the White Sox play. And that was the year um, that they were going to the World Series. And the game that they played was that she passed away watching was the team that they played was the Angels. And... They scored seven runs after my grandmother passed away. And then they went on into the World Series and they were playing. And every time like I would watch the game, I would like into my hands so nobody knew that I was like talking to my grandma and stuff, but I would like pray and stuff. And they would always, they just kept winning and winning and winning. And then they ended up winning the World Series that year. And I never really felt like, my grandmother, you know, talked back to me or gave me any signs. The only way that, like, I knew that was through baseball. And I was like crying to my mom about it. <laughs> Not like my sister had a dream about like my grandma coming to her. And I'm like, why wouldn't grandma come to me? And then I was going home and I was on the phone with my mom. And I decided to go to Starbucks and get a coffee. Like you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Normal. So I could stay awake on my drive home. And I was going into Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And I pulled up to the window and the lady took my order. And as she turned around, there was a sign, like, in your face, sign, that said, Angie loves you. And Angie was my grandmother. And I just (laughs) started bawling. And... (laughs) The girl came back with my coffee and was like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just getting my coffee. <laughs> <And just> like, <laughs> paid for my oh stuff, my and then like, I had to pull over into like a parking lot and like talk to my mom um, and tell her, you know that." would happen because my mom was on the phone with me like why are you crying and so then I had to explain to her and then my yeah. mom started crying and so yeah my grandma was kind of like a tell you how it is kind of lady so I think that was kind of like her being like okay you wanted a sign here's a sign yeah, it's sure. in your face <laughs> <laughs> here it is <laughs> here it is. that's kind of like my happy supernatural story yeah yeah
0: absolutely
2: but <laughs> that, that's a super special thing oh yeah
0: not a not a weird feeling that so many of us have when we think of supernatural experiences
2: yeah and it wasn't anything scary but it was really overwhelming and mm-hmm. it was like I knew right away like okay yep grandma's talking to me okay <laughs> i got it <laughs> i hear you grandma okay
0: i hear you and thank i'll be you. quiet
2: now okay <laughs> I,
0: right right oh man
2: and then in college i had a not so great experience and it was in this house that was not so great either it was just a house you know that college students rent and it was a creepy house too like the basement was creepy Nobody wanted to go down there and do laundry. We didn't want to do the laundry anyway because you had to pay for it, just like a laundromat. In the house? Yeah. So.
0: Oh, don't like that.
2: Yeah. So. The guy was like already charging us to do our laundry. So we never even wanted to go down there. And we're like, let's just go to the laundromat. It's the same price. And less creepy. So, anyway, yeah. I was living in the room when we first moved in there that was off of the kitchen. And then when my roommates at that time moved out, we had new roommates move in and they were my friends. And since I had already been living there, they let me choose a new room. So I always wanted a room that was like facing front of the house because it had a beautiful bay window and it was like right off of our living room. And when we would have friends, like when we'd have parties or something and our friends spent the night, it would spend the night in the living room. And they would tell me, you know, that the next morning they would never want to sleep there again, that they got like super freaked out. They would hear something like talking to them saying their name and things like that and I'm like what and I'm a person who I always try to look for the good in stuff and I always try to like find something that's logical like oh maybe it was the wind maybe it was somebody out late you know it's a college town they could have been hearing somebody say something and it could have sounded like their name
0: the heater or the furnace something
2: yeah so I never thought anything of it and then all of a sudden I started having these dreams
0: and in this room that you were staying in. in this
2: room that I was staying in and I don't know if the girl that lived there before that like slept there before had these dreams too but she actually moved out like really quick and didn't talk to us and it was kind of weird so maybe she did and just didn't say anything maybe she was too freaked out or something but sure. yeah so I was staying in there having these weird dreams. And it was like, my dreams are really colorful, like really bright. And this dream was really dark except for bright, like yellow and red and orange, like fire. And it was like, there was a mass mm-hmm. in my room, like in the corner, and in my dream. And this is this is this your dream. This is my dream, but I felt like I was in okay. my room awake. Okay. And I felt like it was pitch black, and this thing was in the corner. But I'm asleep. I know I'm asleep. I know I'm not awake. It's like it's overtaking, it like it overtook my body, and I wouldn't be able to move or anything. I always tried to like fight at it, or hit at it, or just tell it to go away and it wouldn't go away it was like it was had some kind of like force field like holding me down and then eventually i would like break out of it and wake up from my dreams and this would go on like for months like did it have a face it did not have a face so it was just like a
0: force like a like
2: a like an evil yeah, force okay almost like a shadow like a shadow figure i guess it wasn't on fire but there was like fire in the vicinity like surrounding it And then the rest of the room was black. So, yeah, I would have these crazy dreams wanting to fight this thing off. Yeah. And then just one night, it was really embarrassing to, like, say, but apparently the thing that, like, came to my head to say to them was, (laughs) demon be gone. (laughs) And I, like, screamed it. You know what? when
0: you're scared, I mean, that obviously made sense to you to say you were able to like, you know, name what you thought it was, even though it didn't have a face and you know, we can say those things and it is, I mean, you do think about it now and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so funny. But in the moment things are heated. And so,
2: yeah. And it was, it was like, I was trying so hard and I've always thought, you know, of myself being in sports being a really strong person. Why can't I fight this thing? Why can't I get it? And I was just fed up with it. I just screamed that. And then I broke free and like it disappeared and I woke up and I was (laughs) awake. It was like the weirdest thing. And then I never had that dream again and it didn't follow me or anything like that.
0: I think that's incredible that we do have those a lot of supernatural experiences, you know, they happen in the nighttime when it's yeah, dark.
2: except my grandmother, that was not in the dark. That was pure daylight. And so I wonder if more scary things happen at night. Like evil things, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that's when we're the most scared. That's when the most unknown is happening and, you know, things can creep up on you.
0: Well, yeah, we're not able to, you know, our visibility is, hmm shorter and yeah there is that element of the unknown you know when the wind blows you you hear things in the night yeah so it's a totally different story when you're I'm thinking about just outside of my house we recently bought this house and it's it's in the country and it's an acreage and it and you know you now live in a house that's similar you know, in as far as land. Mm -hmm. And when you're outside in the daytime, it's totally fine. Super happy to be out there. But there's something about night that the absence of light that really creates that eerie, eerie feeling, which brings us to your third experience, which is the most terrifying to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not... So much, it kind of like some of the moments that did happen were terrifying, but me being the logical person (laughs) trying to think through things, I try to talk myself through it, make myself feel better. So Mm -hmm. yeah, in our home, AJ and I experienced some things Mm -hmm. and we would hear, or he would hear, he would think that it would be like me yelling his name, or sometimes he would think it was like his mom or somebody calling up his name
0: a, f- a female a female presence yeah something someone okay
2: he never said like that it was a male he always said it was a female like calling his name and he would always be like in a back room or something and then he would go out and nobody's there and now that i like think back to those times i remember like hearing things and then just thinking oh it was probably the win
0: mm-hmm. Or rational logic, something
2: like that, you know, or you think you hear a door slam and then you go down and there's no like sign of anyone being there. Um, so
0: and you're yeah. not like when you're hearing these things, you're not in the headspace to think that there's something like, you're not creeped out. You're yeah. not in like a, like a negative mindset or anything. Like you're going about your day, getting yourself yeah. done. And then you're like, Oh wait, no, that's not, you know? So it's not like you're mm-hmm. anticipating it which is even creepier. Yeah.
2: And it was kind of like almost embarrassing because he said that he would respond back and then he would go and then there'd be nobody there. (laughs) So it was like, be like, what? And then nobody's there. So there was those things happening. And then we started experiencing where it'd be like winter time. And he would say, hey, did you go down or go to the back shed. And I'll be like, no, I wasn't down there. And he would say, well, I saw footprints in the snow. Like somebody was running around down there. And I'm like, why would I be running around the shed? That wouldn't
0: In the snow. Yeah.
2: Why would I do that? <laughs> so yeah. there would be yeah instances like that. And so I went down there and I was like trying to think, well, maybe a neighbor kid was doing it. Or I don't know. Maybe I went down there and I just totally forgot about it or something. So I would always try to think through it. And then he'd be like, no, no, there's something going on. And then would there be,
0: because like there, it would just be like footprints down, but there would be no other footprints around.
2: So it would, it was like it.
0: That would indicate like movement to another place, like coming from the house or, you know,
2: So it was like, it came down from our house, like how we would normally. And then it was like running around the shed and
0: oh oh i don't like that
2: and i was like i but
0: they're but they're human footprints they're not animal not an animal
2: because we do have two dogs too so i thought well maybe it was the dogs and then he said no it was somebody and so i was like no
0: and he hunts so the man would probably know an animal track (laughs) from a probably (laughs) yeah we like to think
2: so. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, Um he would see things like that or, you know, lights would be left on or he would get so mad and say, who turned on the radiator up in our loft? And I'd be like, I haven't been up in the loft since last winter. I have not. Turned. And he's like, so the radiator's been on since last winter. Oh, wow. And things yeah. like that. So then we keep thinking like, oh my goodness, did somebody like go up there and they wanted it to be warm? And they, did somebody who was like visiting go up there?
0: Why would they do that? Who would go
2: up there? Yeah. And why would they turn the radiator on just to go up? Because normally you just go up there to like get stuff that's stored up there. And very rarely we hang out in the law. So there would be times like that. And then we would hear, Charlie our daughter and it was when she was like really little we would hear like her toys going off and I would always say well the toy was probably on so then there'd be nights that I made sure to turn the toys off and they would still go off and <laughs> I'm like and you then your brain yeah I know that I turned it off like I I know this but then I I don't know it's like something's playing with me and I don't like it, you know? And then finally one night we were laying in bed, both of us, just sleeping, dead, dead asleep and dead silent. And we both sat up to a, just a scream, like a woman, like a, like a happy, it was a female, not a woman, like a female scream. And it sounded like they were happy though. It wasn't like a blood curdling scream. It was a happy scream, kind of like children playing. And I looked at AJ and I said, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah, you heard that? And I was like, yeah. And so I'm like, well, maybe it's the neighbor kids outside playing. And I looked at the clock and it was like midnight. And I'm like, Why would they be outside playing? This is so weird. And I was like, well, they are kind of older. So maybe they are. I don't know. So I look out our front window and it's the full moon. So you can see like everything and nothing. There's nothing outside. I see nothing. It's just emptiness. And it was just so creepy (laughs) because you can, you heard this scream and then nothing. And you're like, Okay. How, how did that just happen? There's no way we had the same dream.
0: Well, both of you, there's no way. right?
2: So I said, I'm like, you know, it seems to me to be something that's playful. So I'm wondering if there's a child and it's playing, you know, down by the shed, running around in the snow because kids love snow or, you know, playing with the toys, and wanting to turn them on, playing outside because we have a huge open yard. They want to play in it, you know, things like that. So, as time went on, we just kind of got used to it. And I was just thinking the other day, you know, like in the middle of the night, I hear like noises, like bumping noises, and I've always thought it was maybe like squirrels or something running on our roof because I I would think it was my kids getting out or falling out of bed. So I would run into their room and they both would be dead asleep, the boys. And then there's nothing, they're, both, they're just laying there.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a significant noise when when children exactly. fall out of bed, yeah, it's.
2: So then I'm like, well, maybe there's something like a squirrel running on the roof or something like that. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but it could just be. make sense out of it something having fun and playing and seeing that my boys like to jump off their bed and maybe it wants to try it too
0: <laughs> yeah have have the kids ever witnessed or experienced anything
2: when charlie was really little there was a time that she would you know sit in her room well she all of my kids have done really well playing by themselves Like, they've always been one that doesn't need somebody else to keep them occupied. They can find something to keep themselves occupied. So I would come into the room, and Charlie would be there, you know, facing away from me. And she would be talking, but I just figured it was play talk. And then I would just say, who are you talking to? And then she would say, oh, just my friend. And I thought, um you have an imaginary friend like I don't I've never I've never had an imaginary friend so I don't know how to deal with something like that um and I asked if it was a boy or a girl and she said it was a girl she never gave me a name she was too young at that time but yeah so
0: so yeah and she may have you know I've heard you know unread. And you know, all the movies that you watch, there's always something about the innocence of children where mm-hmm. there is kind of like that, yeah, that naivety that yeah. can kind of experience those things as well without kids even knowing. And I'm I'm I mean, that's I think it's just incredible that we as young people, that young people can have those experiences and this being, whatever this is doesn't seem to be ominous it seems to be like you said playful which is Mm -hmm. helpful in you know trying to find some solace in your situation but
2: and I think that's what kind of makes me just kind of cope with it and just know that it's just kind and it's not here to harm or anything like that it maybe it just wants somebody to be with I don't know yeah So
0: have, have you, um, until these experiences that you've had were supernatural things, something that seemed real to you and you talk about the logic that you, you know, and the reasoning that you try to put together, like things that happen to explain these bizarre.
2: I've always, I've always been afraid of the dark. Like I still am still terrified that's why it was terrifying for me to even look out the window on a full moon night and be like will something be looking at me when I look out the window you know like that goes through your head you know and so to me I've always me being always afraid of the dark and always needing a night light or something like that I think I've always like learned to cope with stuff by trying to find logic in it. And that always gives me the solace that, all right, it's fine. It's fine. It was that was not fine.
0: It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I You're fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. We're all fine. This is fine. I'm really fine. <laughs> yeah. And it is crazy that you do try to convince yourself that everything is okay, even though they they might not be. But like right now, I've had goosebumps multiple times during this conversation and I am noticing all around my house. Normally I have like, I, I do have all of my windows open, yeah. like the blinds open usually all the time. Um, but now it's dark. It it's, you know, it's kind of late in the evening and we're having this conversation and I am kind of looking out my windows. Like, yeah, I should definitely close my blinds. Yeah. Should, yeah. Should definitely go do that. Cause now I'm terrified. So.
2: That's sorry. It's, no, it's <laughs> I think okay. I just freaked myself
0: out. <laughs> but your blinds are closed. I can see So
2: Yes, that one is. But when <laughs> I walk out, it's I'll probably run into an open window <laughs> and like freak out and like fall to the floor. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Army so,
0: <laughs> right. No kidding. So what you're going to have to do if you're like me <laughs> after these, like after watching like a scary movie, I'll definitely put on like a Disney movie or something comp- Completely yeah. innocent, so that I can get my mind off of this.
2: I I do do that, and then I have you know this this person that I'm married to, my husband, um, <laughs> who <laughs> who likes to, after I turn the TV off, just make the creepiest voice ever and be like Andy, and no. I just freak out. I freak out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then scream and run get in your bed and pull up the covers. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah.
0: Isn't that awful? Keeps things spicy though, for sure.
2: I'm like, (laughs) how would you do that? It's it's horrible. Terrible. Oh, it's terrifying.
0: (laughs) It is, especially with all of the things that have happened. Mandy, thank you so much for sharing your experience. This is always interesting to me I feel like more people than not have these experiences so I'm so thankful that you shared it with us because this has made for a wonderful
2: conversation so thank you again for joining us for this episode you're welcome thank you for having me (laughs)
0: okay guys so it's my turn my story dates back to when I was about four years old living in Oskaloosa with my family um it's a small town in Iowa I tend to think that children have a higher sensitivity to different supernatural experiences. I think that like the pure innocence that, you know, children have can lend itself well to like the evil wicked that is concurrently existing with the rest of everything. So, I mean, I don't mean to say that all supernatural experiences are negative or bad but i think that as we grow older for some of us we seem to lose that sensitivity but for me when i was four years old at at home uh the the house that we lived in at the time was like a modest ranch style home that has two stories um and you could enter the home through the basement door and walk up from the basement to enter the kitchen and then the living room or like there was a it was a there was a finished basement as well so at the beginning of our hallway, the beginning of the hallway was off of the kitchen and my bedroom was the first room accessible from the hallway. So while standing in the hallway, so if you're there and you look to the right, you would see my brother's doorway to his room and the bathroom. And if you look to the left, you could see the doorway to my parents' room. I was always scared as a child to sleep with the door closed. um, Although that goes against everything I learned during October fire prevention week. always sleep with your door closed, because it's the safest in case there is a fire. I totally broke that rule. I was terrified to sleep with the door closed, and I always had to have a nightlight. So at this point in my life, the grandparents that I was closest with lived about 40 minutes south of Oskaloosa, but we still saw them very regularly. I was really close with my grandpa, who was a farmer uh, in Davis County, Iowa, and he was really good, but he always wore the same thing when he would like get dressed up to come to town so what he wore was a plaid flannel shirt with dark blue jeans that he would get dressed up in to come to town and the idea that my grandparents would come to see us in the evening was not out of the ordinary okay so I often stayed with them at night and they would they would often stay at our house well into the evening when they would visit but this particular evening I had gone to sleep and woke up in deafening silence. And it occurred to me that no one was up and it was dark in my room there was dark outside of my room and because i slept with the door open i could easily see that the kitchen lights were off the living room space lights were off it was completely quiet the only thing that gave me any sort of comfort was the little mermaid nightlight that was shining in my room so this particular night i woke up and i was rubbing the sleep from my eyes and i sat up in my bed and i noticed a man who I recognized as my grandfather, standing in my doorway with both of his hands on the door jamb of my door and his feet seemed to be spread apart so his body was kind of forming an X in my doorway. He was wearing a dark wash denim that normally my grandpa would be wearing and brown boots and a blue plaid shirt. And he had a hat on and he was wearing glasses much like I had seen my grandpa in whenever he would get dressed up to come to town. But as... I was straining my eyes to see him because I didn't realize that at that point in my life that I had astigmatism and seeing in the dark is really difficult. <laughs> so I was straining my eyes to see this man and I sat up. And as I sat there, I asked him, Grandpa, and I heard no response. And at that time, I saw like this wicked smile cross the man's face and I felt in my bones that I knew that wasn't my grandpa and I knew that I wasn't safe but I couldn't stop staring at him. So as I continued to stare at him, I kept feeling more and more unease. And I don't think I blinked and I don't think the man blinked either. So I sat there and I felt myself falling back slowly into my pillow. And I remember lifting the covers up to my chest and closing my eyes. And that was it. That was something that scared me for a long time and it wasn't until I was about 12 years old that I told my mom about it and she was just mortified that I had had that experience and she wasn't there to, you know, do the mom thing to comfort me. So that was it, okay? Which on its own seems like maybe it was just like a bad dream, right? Well, that's kind of what I thought until I had a daughter of my own and we lived in a home that was built in the 1920s uh, here in Ottumwa, Iowa. And at four years old, my daughter had an experience that made me think that maybe this wasn't completely just a bad dream. So at the age of four, my daughter uh, was sleeping in her room. Uh, She shared a room with her brother at the time. And Eloise, my daughter, was four and Calvin, my son, was two. And Eloise was still sleeping in a convertible bed. So like her crib turned into like a convertible toddler bed. So as she was sleeping, or as as we would get ready to go to sleep at night, we would always do the same thing. We talk about the day, we pray, and um, we do hugs and kisses and books. Okay, so that's our routine. Well, she had been telling me for a couple days that there had been a blue man in her room. And of course, I didn't think anything of it, really, because I mean, imagination. okay? She's four years old. So as I am putting her to bed one night, I'm sitting down at the at the side of her bed. We've read books at this point. The lights are off. She has a night light in her room, and she's got a there's a there's a rocking chair in her room that we would rock in when we would read books and so we we had we had been rocking in that chair and we had moved over to her um, her bed and we're just about ready to pray right so as she's laying in bed she looks at me and she like a, a strike of fear crosses her face and you know how when you're talking about someone but you don't want them to see you talking about them but they're close by you kind of tilt your head so that maybe the person that you're speaking of can't actually see what your mouth is saying. She moved her head in front of my body. She like positioned herself so that whatever she was talking about or whoever she was talking about couldn't be seen. So I'm sitting on my knees watching Eloise tell me the thing that she tells me. She looks at me and she says, Mom, the blue man's in my room. But she does it in such a way that I know that she's being serious because she's trying to keep him from seeing that she's speaking about him like she's telling a secret and i'm at this point wondering if this is the same blue man that was standing in my doorway all those years ago so i look at her and i look behind me in the rocking chair and to me there's no one there so i calmly tell her you know i think it's probably just you know there's no such thing um you're safe i don't think there's a blue man here you're safe and sound don't worry So I stay with her, we pray, and I stay with her until she falls asleep that evening. And it really didn't cross my mind that anything like that would happen to my daughter, that she would see a terrifying man standing in her doorway as well. So I wonder, it really does make you wonder, is this the same man that came to me when I was four years old? I probably won't ever know, but I'm curious to know if Eloise, at some point, if she chooses to have children, if she has a daughter if her daughter will see the blue man too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to click the link in the description to join the Hive membership for only $5 a month. Join me in an exclusive mission to see that all stories everywhere are shared. And don't forget to rate and review our pod so that all women everywhere can find us, be encouraged, and be inspired. Again, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot this week's episode and share on your social media to bring awareness to this project. I'll catch you next week. I'm Cami Milliken, and this
2: has been The Bee Podcast.